Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. And entry lap. But this week, this Sunday, uh, back to life for business and careers. And I guess uh, when I was kind of looking at the series, my feeling is there's so many people over this COVID uh, season that people have taken a hit. There's people who have lost their jobs. There's people whose businesses have got smacked. Uh, there's people who have got, um, you know, situations, reduced salaries, um, looking for jobs, all that sort of thing. And so I, I want to speak into that this morning. And I thought, you know, we, we, we need the, the practical wisdom. But a practical wisdom is always good. We need some practical wisdom. And uh, we need the, the, the supernatural uh, power of God insight as well. And so I, I want to just give like this fresh injection of uh, faith and hope. See, I, I believe in the power of God. Anyone else out there believe in that? I believe in miracles and in, in the miraculous. And so, so we've we, we got to combine both in church life. Because uh, we need wisdom, right? A bit of common sense is good. And making sure we're making great financial decisions, wise decisions, that, that we're working hard, uh, that we're being good stewards of what God has given us and looking after it. And, and we need to understand that uh, God always operates on the principle of sowing and reaping. So if, if you're not sowing, don't expect to reap. There's, you know, there's something around that. That's, that's how the kingdom of God works in this life. Because so often I, people they think, I'm expecting the blessing of God to fall from heaven. But come on, we also have to step into that place where we're generous and carry that thing. So you're ready for uh, today's Back to Life story? All right, so this is the... Do uh, you think the Bible's got some weird stories? Yeah, it's got some like crazy stuff. So I've got like the weirdest story for you guys this morning. Uh, if you've got your Bibles there, go to Second Kings uh, chapter 13 and we've got verse 14 to 21. And we're with Elisha, who's the Old Testament prophet guy. And he follows on from Elijah. And this is at the, the end of his life. So when Second uh, Kings 13 verse 14 it says this, when Elisha was in his last illness, um, even... Great men of woman and God get sick, right? Okay? People of faith and miracles are not immune to sickness and disease. So here's Elisha, and he's in his last illness. And King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. He cried. The chariots of Israel are coming. And so... Elijah, who'd been Elisha's mentor, he was taken up on these chariots of fire. He never actually died, which is pretty cool. He just like, had his time, and these chariots just came, picked him up, and took him on his way to heaven. Who'd not be on for that? Didn't even have to. So when King Joash, at this point, said, hey, the chariots are coming, he knew what that meant. And uh, Elijah had passed on his mantle, his cloak, his ministry onto Elisha. And now Elisha, he's about to face death for himself. And so Elisha told him, Get out a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. And Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open that eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Aramanians of Aphek. So this morning I brought some arrows. All right, 
and I was going to shoot them, but uh, <laughs> we might have to have back to life health and safety. Uh, if we took someone out, it would be really bad. Um, so we won't shoot any arrows this morning. We only have the arrows, not the bow. But, but he said, shoot the arrows. And it was the ancient custom in those days to shoot an arrow or, or cast a spear. They shoot an arrow or cast a spear into a country. And it was kind of like, hey, I'm coming to invade you. And it was kind of the throwdown. It was an emblem of the commencement of hostilities. It was, you know, like the glove slap um, or the, the, the haka, the challenge, the letter. Where you go, We're going to challenge you guys. We're going to take you guys on when you shot the spear. And, and then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and he struck the ground three times. So he takes his arrows and, and he strikes them on the ground three times. And, uh, but the man of God was angry with them. You think, what is the man of God angry with them about? And he says, you should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. So he strike the arrows. He shot the, he, he, he three times and he stopped. He hadn't worked it out that the, that the arrows represented victories in battle over the, over the Syrians and they should have gone hard at that moment. See, even though just a few minutes before, Elisha had connected the shooting of the arrows to the defeat of the Arameans and, and Elisha was, he was angry at him because King Joash, he didn't um, take advantage of the strategic moment and there was only three uh, victories over the Syrian army instead of the many more that could have happened. And when God invites us in to take a bold step of faith, we've got to take hold of that right at that point. We must take it boldly. Because there's people on the other side, there's victories on the other side of us stepping into those things. See, big doors swing on small hinges. There's those, there's those small moments where we can either choose to hold back and stand back and say, oh yeah, just you know, a couple of times, or we can step in and go for it. And how often do we hold back when we should be pushing forward? How often in life do we hold back in fear, or how often do we hold back when actually it's time to step out, it's to step in, to lay hold of what God has got for us? Let me tell you a little business story. Uh, when I was on staff at C3 Ellerslie, we'd been looking for a building uh, for a bunch of years and we'd been working towards it and trying to get it all happening and everything there. And we, and we came across the, the Cawley Street property and um, we were trying to negotiate with the owner about the purchase of the property and, and it absolutely stalled. We got to a point where uh, the gap between what we could afford and what he wanted for the building was, was uh, not meeting. And so we kind of, uh, kind of gave up on, on the building. And then uh, we had a prayer meeting one night and uh, we were in the Orange Coronation Ballroom at the time and we were having this prayer meeting downstairs and we had this crazy uh, Australian guy by the name of Tim Hall, who was this um, Holy Spirit evangelist, uh, big guy. And, and he came and he, and he shared the story on um, striking the arrows. I always remember it that, that's this night. And he got us uh, stomping around the ballroom uh, and there striking arrows, yelling, jumping up and down, believing God. It was one of my, you know, those, come on, we're praying for this thing. And uh, I always remember that that night, and especially the next day, 
Because the next day, the vendor of the property rang up and said, I want to negotiate with you. I want to sell the building to you. I'm going to drop the price by 150 grand so you can do it. How's that for a prayer meeting? Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> There's 150 grand worth of striking some arrows. <laughs> Someone come and take an arrow and strike something. You know, you think, oh, that's a stupid story, Glenn. Or, you know, how does that work? You walk around and pray and, and you know, strike arrows and do that. How does that work? I don't have a clue how it works. All I know is that when God calls us to step into things, we've got to get a little bit bold around some things, right? Rather than just step back and say, oh, yeah, well, it wasn't meant to be, whatever will be, will be, the future's not ours to see. We can go to that place or we can go, come on, that we'd lay hold of and in business and in our careers and things, there's times when we actually need to lay hold of some things and step into some things and be people of faith and expectation around what God has got for us. Come on. Yes. All right. 150 grand worth of... <laughs> and it's worth getting a little bit bold about. It's worth getting a little bit excited about. It's worth getting into that place of prayer around things. You know, we could call the sermon strike the arrow, strike while the iron's hot, seize the day, go hard, go early, I don't know, all these different names. <laughs> you know, but we've got to step in to some things. You know, what is holding you back? What are you stuck? Where, where are you feeling slightly defeated around at the moment? Maybe it's time to actually fire up a little bit, to get in that place of prayer. Saying, God, I'm not letting go. I'm not giving up on this thing until... I see this thing shift and so I see this thing open up. It would step in and go again. Say, well, I've, I've tried three times. What about five or six times? What about go again? What about get that thing upon you? That, see, in business, even as Dawn was sharing, you know, that ability to just get up and go again, that ability to stand again, even when it looks, you know, like the thing's dead in the water, when it looks like, ah, oh, that thing's not happening, that ability to stand up on the inside to go again. When Jesus is talking about prayer in Matthew 7 verse 70, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You know? I think sometimes we politely knock. No one answers. Uh Okay. We walk away. He says, come on. Knock on that door again. Maybe God's got something he wants to open for you. You know, because we can think of, of all the excuses that Josh could have made and we so often make. You know, I stopped shooting because I didn't want to be presumptuous and ask for too much. How often is we like that? I stopped shooting because I'm not a very good archer. I stopped shooting because Elisha didn't help me more. You know? I stopped shooting because I thought three was pretty good. You know, three is enough. That's a good number. I stopped shooting because I didn't think it would do any good. I mean, it seemed weird shooting an arrow, striking arrows. That's, that's a bit bizarre. I stopped shooting because I wasn't in a shooting mood. <laughs> I didn't feel like it. I was having a bad day. <laughs> I stopped shooting because I didn't want to get overexcited. You know? You just everybody just stay calm, just, you know. Come on, it's time to strike some arrows, right? 
It's time to strike some arrows. Okay, this is where the, the, this passage gets interesting. Okay, the next verse, 1 Kings 13, verse 20, verse 20, it says, Then Elisha died and was buried. Ah, what? A group of Moabites, raiders, used to invade the land each spring. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders, so they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. How cool is that? Like, that is crazy stuff. That is like, that is like one of the weirdest passages in the Bible. I was going, what? Very strange and unusual miracle right there. It's a bit random. And, and, and when I was trying to research it, there's, like, there's hardly any explanation for it. There's not anything else you can kind of add to it or anything. It's, 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 it's totally random. This, this random guy, he's right in the middle of his funeral, he gets thrown into the tomb and kapow, he's, he's alive again. How random is that? How cool is that? And, and if you didn't know the end of the story, see, see we would all be expecting Elisha to be, rise from the dead, right? If we're doing rise from the dead stories, you think, okay, Elisha, he's the man of God, he's the prophet, he's the miracle worker, he's the one who's going to get risen from the dead. But it's not. It's just some random guy. And here's my question. What if, what if God wants to raise something random? What if God wants to do something random? What if it doesn't look like what you thought it actually looked like? See, because when something dies, when one thing dies, it gives room for something else to rise. See, I've watched this in church life. See, it's so often out of the ashes of disappointment that God has an incredible way of bringing something new to life. He's an incredible God. He's an incredible ability. You think, wow. Why did that thing die? I thought it had the juice on it. I thought it was, you know, what God wanted. And you go, how come that died? And then God brings something new to life, something absolutely out of left field. Like this guy was out of left field. He was right out of left field. See, God loves doing that. In fact, he specialises in it. And it may be totally different than what we expect or planned. And sometimes it takes the death and the burial of the old before the new can even come to life. See, see it's, only, it's only after Elijah is taken to heaven on the chariots that Elisha becomes prominent and steps into his ministry. It's only when that happens that he does that. And it's appropriate to mourn the loss and the death when something dies. That's good. But sometimes we need to shift and move on and look what's the new. What's God trying to do? Again, when I, when I think about you know, that when we were in C3 Ellerslie and this whole building thing and this, trying to get this building over the line and everything like that, we worked so hard uh, to try and purchase the Orange Coronation Ballroom, which we were in. We spent thousands of dollars on engineers' reports and negotiating with the owners and trying to work with them. I'm taking them out for coffee and buying them scones because he was this old Irish guy <laughs> from the Orange Marching Society. And, and, and we, we, we worked so hard to get that. Th- but we could never get it across the line, no matter how hard we tried. And I think now, thank Jesus that we didn't get that building. It, was, it would have been a disaster. And then, uh, then, then we had signed up. We had negotiated and we signed up to purchase um, the Destiny's building when they were in an all right place. And we'd signed the contract and it was there. But again, we could never get it totally over the line or never get it to actually, actually work. 
And then we found the Cauley Street property. And see, sometimes the doors which close, sometimes which you think where God is trying to move, he's actually trying to move in a different direction. And he's bringing you life in a different way. See, it says, it says in that scripture, it says, once when some Israelites were burying a man, and again, I, I was trying to find information on this story and trying to find, um, you know, different, um, looking through, what are they called? Commentaries, that's the big word I was looking for. Looking through commentaries and, and there's hardly anything on it. And I was trying to think, when did that happen? Can you put a timeline on it? You know, was Elisha dead for three weeks, one month, a year? Did it happen five or six years later? How did it happen? And we don't know. And sometimes we're in that zone, we go, when is that thing going to come alive? We don't know. And, and what looks like a funeral, what looks like a funeral, what looks like it's being sent like a raiding party from the enemy is actually a resurrection story. What actually looks like it's like this is, this is, this is turning to custard is actually God's resurrection story in there. So maybe, you know, the, the job loss, the bankruptcy, the, you know, marriages that have ended, burnout, all the different things which, which we see happen, COVID, blooming situation. What if God wants to bring something random out of it? Something left field. The other interesting thing when I, when I was researching this thing, this little thing of this double portion anointing, so when um, Elijah went on the chariot up to heaven, Elisha's calling out and saying, give me a, a double portion anointing. And, and Elijah says to him, okay, you'll get it if you see me when I go. And so Elisha's tracking with him, saying, okay, when's he going, when's he going? And, and, and he goes, and Elisha's right there, and he gets the mantle, the coat, and everything like that. And when you read through and document all the different miracles, Elisha did exactly twice, double the amount of significant miracles which are recorded in the Bible as Elijah had done. But this last miracle to make it double doesn't actually happen until he's dead. And I thought that was quite cool. I thought, you know, because sometimes we're thinking, did we get there? Did it happen? But God's got a way of working and making things happen after. It's not over. It's not over yet. It's not, can I say that to you? It's not over yet. It's not over yet. God might want to just raise something totally random left the field around your world. You know, when, when, when Moses took over from Joshua, you know, the, the, the book of Exodus is all about, you know, the Israelites and Moses getting out of Egypt. And the book of Joshua it pivots and is all about uh, Joshua and entering into the promised land. But it starts right off where God speaks to Joshua in 1 verse 2. It says, Moses... My servant is dead. And I thought, that's pretty harsh, eh? That's pretty, fairly direct. So, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all those people, to the land which I am giving to them. See, it's time to move forward. It's time to step in. Maybe if we can have the band back, would, would, would be would be awesome. I want to... I wanna, pray for people this morning and I want us to step into something fresh this morning I believe as, as, I, as I've been preparing this and I've been praying around this whole thing there's new life which is coming for situations, maybe we can just stand
If God were to place some arrows into your hand this morning, if God was to place some arrows into your hand this morning, what would that look like? What would that feel like? What would that feel like? And if he was to call you to strike those arrows, if he was to call you to take those arrows, that a great victory would be won and that you would not hold back but you would step in, what would that look like? And what if God wants to bring something random back to life in your world? What if he wants to send something random into it? New season, the old is over. You know, the old was good and it was right and it was okay. And it's right sometimes to mourn over things, but it's also there's a time we have to step out and step into the new, that something random would rise. Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now in the name of Jesus. Presence of God. Presence of God. Lord, be in this place, I pray in the name of Jesus.